This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented as always by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Tuesday, December 22nd, otherwise known as BYU Football Game Day. We have made it, folks. The bowl game is here. Thank you for tuning in. It's great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard. Teamed up with a man. Let's be honest. Let's really getting into the Boca spirit. He had dinner and was in bed by 5.30 last night. He is Jerem Jordan. Good morning, or I guess maybe close to yeah, good hang- afternoon where you are right now, my friend. Exactly. It's noon. Let's go. Uh, hanging chads and too much sand on my feet. No, last night uh, our producer... Travis Cameron and I uh, got some Cuban food and uh, enjoyed that. So, yeah, Florida, baby, let's go. Game day. I'm stoked. We've waited for this bowl game for not too long, right? But uh, here we are. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so I, I am fascinated by the uh, the early specials for the dinner down in Florida. Uh, have, you, uh, have you noticed any of those establishments as you were driving around during your vacation time here in Florida? And I say that no, in jest because we know you're there working. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I actually work more here than when I'm doing promo. So. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, look, we've, we made it here. It is game day for BYU football, and uh, let's get things rolling with your show lineup. Does BYU have to win tonight's game to solidify itself as one of the all-time greats? That's a topic that we're going to discuss coming up. Plus, Jerem talks with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, and we play Know the Foe, UCF edition, which usually is just put in this show to make fun of us because we typically don't know much about the opponent. Let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. As you mentioned, Chef, football game day, final game of the season for BYU. So we think, right? That second bowl game being discussed, but not that much. Uh, BYU ranked as high as 13 in the AP poll. How about that? Taking on UCF in the Boca Raton Bowl. BYU Radio's Cougar pregame live with Jason Shepard. Coming up at uh, 5 Eastern, BYU TV's countdown to kickoff coming up at 6 Eastern. Three Cougars were named to the Pro Football Focus All-American team. Brady Christensen was the only Cougar named to the first team. Christensen currently holds a 96.4 overall grade from PFF, which would break the current highest grade of an offensive tackle all time. Zach Wilson and Dax Milne were also named to the All-American team. They were on the second team. The last time BYU, by the way, had three players named to an All-American team was 2008. That year was Austin Colley, Dennis Pitta, and Dallas Reynolds. Also, congratulations to head coach Kalani Satake, named a finalist for the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year Award. When you win, you get recognized. That's pretty notable. And PFF giving us this extra context, which is pretty cool. Men's basketball. How about the performance last night beating Texas Southern 87-71? Not the margin so much, but the performance by Brandon Averett. 30 points! A career high for the transfer from Utah Valley. Alex Barcelo, 10 points and 10 assists. He was distributing. Called that one. That's coming up. Matt Harms had 16 points as well. Cougars play Weber State tomorrow night in Vivint Arena in Salt Lake on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yeah, it's crazy to think, Jerem. It's the last non-conference game before WCC play begins. We've already gotten to that point, and it all comes to an end, at least non-conference-wise, tomorrow against Weber State. 
Former Cougar Fred Warner was selected to the NFC Pro Bowl for the first time in his career. Warner has totaled 96 tackles. 57 of them have been solo tackles along with two interceptions. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. So are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Look, all of the lead-up to tonight's bowl game has been about the high-octane offenses, and both offenses are high-octane, make no mistake about that, and also the quarterbacks who run them. Those have been the big storylines that a lot of people, ourselves included, have been focusing on. Jerem, does this game boil down to the Wilson-Gabriel quarterback matchup, or is it more than that? It's more than that, although that's a big one and a fun one, right? These are two of the top probably 10 quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, a tremendous uh, you know, replacement for Mackenzie Milton. Guy out of Hawaii who broke a bunch of two of Tonga Bailoa's records. He's really, really good. But Zach Wilson's uh, pretty good himself. In fact, perhaps the second quarterback taken in the NFL draft this season. But it's more than that. Let's talk about it. The BYU defense has been tremendous this year. I think this has been an overlooked thing. Is this an all-time BYU defense? I mean, the schedule has been different for sure, but third in scoring defense at 14 a game right now. Is anyone talking about that? Um, UCF, 44 a game. Um, So that matchup is really intriguing to me. Can the BYU defense prevent points, get off the field more? The last two games, BYU has only given up 22 points and 14 points to Coastal Carolina and San Diego State. But those teams were on the field Way too much. I know they didn't score points, but there were issues. It stunted the BYU offense's ability to get more possessions and to score more points and, frankly, to win that Coastal Carolina game quite a bit. Yes, the offense should have scored more, but I think the defense could have helped them out. Let's look at this number, third down conversions the last two games. Opponents are 16 for 30 against BYU, Coastal Carolina and San Diego State. That's an issue. BYU's defense needs to get off the field. And then if the BYU offense can control the clock a little more with Tyler Algier back for this game, as we learned yesterday... Uh, And then motivation is an interesting thing here, Jason. We've seen this before with BYU in a bowl game, perhaps opponents. Oh, wait, BYU had been to the Vegas Bowl, 5, 6, 7, didn't have the quest for perfection, didn't show up against the just okay Arizona team and lost that game. That's a 10-win BYU team. UCF at 6 and 3, 17 and 18, they were playing for New Year's 6 games and made them. 17 celebrated a national title, right? Which is fun. But I I wonder how motivated UCF is coming to this one at 6 and 3, two and a half hours away. BYU hopefully is motivated. One in the year six didn't have it, but can still play for a one-loss season, which is significant, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, look, to a certain degree, every game is going to come down to how the quarterbacks play, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks of this caliber in Gabriel and Zach Wilson. Specifically in this matchup, though, I agree with you, Jerem. I think it goes much further than that. I think the team that can run the ball on offense is going to be the team that has a really big edge. And we know that UCF, despite everything that Gabriel has done and the passing numbers that he's put up, they are a run-first team. They want to run the ball first. So that's their number one priority, which I think actually makes what Gabriel has done this year even more impressive because I I think it's like 52% of the time the Knights run the football. So I I think the team that can establish the running game actually has a big edge in this. Also, what can both defenses do against great offenses? BYU's offense, in my opinion, should be able to torch the Knights' defense deep. Their secondary is young, and they have been burnt all season long. I would certainly expect the BYU receivers to have a big night tonight. 
for BYU's defense, can they slow down the UCF offense that we've seen put up almost 600 yards of total offense per game? I mean, it, it, is, it is impressive. Make no mistake, the quarterbacks, they have to play well. I don't, I don't know if either of these quarterbacks can have a subpar game and their team still win. They have to still play well, but I think that these teams are good because they are good teams. So I think it's more than just the quarterbacks tonight. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Let's quantify some of what you said. So the running backs for UCF, Greg McRae and Otis Anderson, those guys uh, averaging around six yards a carry have combined for about 1,300 yards. They kind of have this uh, uh, algier Katoa element to them, although Algier's the best running back in this game. And then you mentioned uh, the young secondary of UCF. So per completion on defense, UCF is averaging giving up 14 yards because offense per completion is averaging 14 yards. So I think there's an opportunity there for the offense to take advantage and get down the field. I, I see a Dax Milne-Houston-type performance here where I can't remember the exact numbers, but something like eight for 129 and two touchdowns. He was incredible. This could be a Dax Milne-type game. Looking forward to the matchup. Okay, topic two. Does the BYU football team need to win tonight to be an all-time great BYU team? See, this is such an interesting question to me. The, the answer is probably. Um, that would give BYU 11 wins, one of the best offenses in college football, and that has been established as the season has progressed. They have continued to just put up these numbers. And then they also have a likely top 10 pick, possibly even a top five pick in Zach Wilson, certainly going to be one of the top three or four quarterbacks taken in this draft. So, yeah, I mean – this season has been amazing. It's going to go down as one of the best in recent memory. If BYU were to lose tonight, I think it would be difficult, though, to put it high on the list because you're losing two out of the last three games. And unfortunately, with everything that this season could have been had BYU not lost with Coastal Carolina, I think there will always be somewhat of a what-if. And, and that's probably unfair to this team because of Even everything, if BYU wins, you're saying. Ex- yeah, yeah. If, if, if BYU had been able to get into the New Year's Six, I think that just, just catapults this season into that upper echelon with some of the greats that we've always talked about. Unfortunately, anytime somebody brings up this year, I think there will always be the but or the, well, but what if? And, and that's unfortunate for these guys because this season has been an unexpected surprise. And the reason I say unexpected is because we didn't know what this season was going to look like. We didn't know if there was going to be a season. And for the season to play out like it did and for it to be as enjoyable and fun to watch as it has turned out, it's, it's a shame that to a large extent, a lot of the fan base is going to say, yeah, but they didn't go to New Year's Six. So it, it's unfortunate that part of this season will be remembered for that. Yeah, I feel you on that. And there's an asterisk attached to this entire season for everyone, frankly, because of the pandemic and just how unique and interesting and weird and crazy and awesome it's been. BYU's schedule got blown up, and now I said at the beginning of the year, we're going to see what BYU's made of because if they can't win with this, come on, they will, right? But it validated my schedule remark, which was, Hey, BYU, it's tough to handle that for almost anyone, let alone BYU. So here BYU's had a 10-1 season. I think if they win tonight, we can have the conversation about somewhere at the edge of the top 10, perhaps 7 through 12. Um, because of the strength of schedule, I'm, I'm going to hold that against BYU just a little bit. But the way they played has been really impressive. Don't get me wrong. 11-1 in a pandemic would be awesome. 11-1 in any season would be awesome. It's special because BYU played 
and they will have played 12, and they would have won at least 11. I think if BYU loses, I'm not, I'm not ready to put them in the top 10, mainly because of the schedule. But let's look at this. Just because of Zach Wilson, I think that this needs to be considered because everyone has forgotten this fact. Let me bring it up. Tonight, Zach Wilson is likely going to set the BYU single-season record for completion percentage, breaking Steve Young's record in 83 of uh, you know 71.9%. Zach's is 73.2%. He needs to have an okay game or a good game, right, to pass that. John Beck was in position to do so and didn't against Oregon in 2006. BYU threw the ball almost too much in that game, still won by 30. But because of the season that Zach Wilson has had, we're always going to remember this year. Also, the pandemic. I mean, it's memorable for a lot of uh, things. But, yeah, to get to 11-1, and one, there have only been six other teams in BYU history, five in the modern era, that have finished with zero or one losses. And so it is notable in that way. Yet, I want to look at some of those two-loss teams and see the strength of schedule and whatnot and then compare a little bit because BYU's done a significant job of going on the road and beating teams. But, uh, you know, at, at Boise State and at Coastal and now UCF, those are the top three games. Uh, BYU's faced tougher schedules before, but this is this team will always be remembered, whether they're top ten or not. That's a fun discussion. See, and I think if you wanted to, you could actually take the question that we just asked and, and pick it apart a little bit. If you're talking about a BYU team, meaning the actual team itself, the players on the field, I, I don't think there's any question this is one of the best teams BYU's had in terms of, cause you, and you talked about it with what Zach Wilson has done, and look what Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney and Isaac Rex coming in and filling in and, and admirably for Matt Bushman and coming in right now with, you know, 10 receiving touchdowns as a freshman. So from the team perspective, if you want to just say the team, meaning the players, yeah, I, th- I, think, you could, I think you could argue it is one of the better BYU teams. Now, if you're, if, when you say the BYU team. you are team, what you do. Yes, but it, so if you're looking at it then, instead of saying the BYU team, saying BYU season, maybe that's where you can have the difference where, look, you look at 2001 – Everybody thinks the 2001 team, it's one of the best with, with Doman, you know, and Luke Staley and everybody. But the way that it ended, it, it, it's somewhat, everybody kind of remembers the season for the way it ended. But they think very fondly of the team. So I think maybe you could look at it this way to a certain degree that way as well. Is this team, I think, is probably up there with a lot of the other really good BYU teams. If BYU doesn't win the game tonight, then maybe the season is what... Um, you know, has the, well, what if, not the necessarily the team. If you wanted to pick apart the question. Yeah, and, yeah, we could break that down. Because, frankly, like, the 03 team didn't make, make a bowl game, but there were, like, a ton of NFL guys on that and guys that ended up playing on the 06 team. So, yeah, I've never really thought in terms of the players itself, but more of, because to me, you are what you do. Right. And what BYU is going to do tonight, if they win, is be 11-1, and one, which is pretty awesome. All right, let's get to our question of the day. Does this BYU team have to win today to solidify itself as an all-time great BYU team? Let's hear from you. Let's get to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Brian Hicks on Facebook says, yes, a win today will show that they're up for hanging with the tougher teams out there. And then Lori Woods on Facebook says, yes, no excuses, no sputtering out. They need to show who they are and finish strong. It will help, up, it will help make up for not having March Madness last year. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, that's what this team's looking to do. They, they, 
they're looking to finish strong. They do not want to end their season losing two out of the last three games. They, they want to end this on a high note, especially knowing that so many of the guys, Jerem, that are responsible for this great season may not be here next year. Yeah, I, I expect a mass exodus. I really do with the seniors and perhaps some of the juniors, right, with Zach Wilson, of course. We'll see with Brady Christensen and whatnot. So uh, cherish this because next year's team is going to be a little different. But BYU did take a step forward in the right direction as a program, no doubt. Okay, coming up, Ed Orgeron, go Tigers, versus Kyle Whittingham in the polls. What happened there? Yeah, but next, the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's game day, baby. BYU and UCF playing the Boca Raton Bowl today. Join Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, myself from Provo and Boca Raton on countdown to kickoff at 6 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Some news just coming in. The Palm Beach County Sports Commission today names the three finalists for the Lou Groza Award given to the nation's best kicker. Jake Oldroyd is one of those. So how about that? 13 for 13 uh, on field goals, three 50-yarders this year. And uh, Jake Oldroyd perhaps winning the Lou Groza. We'll see. That's pretty cool. Okay, our uh, guest today is Kalani Satake. He's playing in his fourth bowl game in five seasons, probably against the best opponent BYU's faced. Here's Spencer and I's conversation with the head ball coach on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Kalani, let's discuss the most important things first. Did you pack enough sunscreen for South Florida? I, I don't burn. I'm okay. I'll be okay with that one. So, uh, I've, I've tried to burn before, but no. I'm, I'm so. I, I want to play the game. I, I don't think you're going to catch me with my shirt off much on this trip. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, this you're... is a unique experience, right? Because you don't have all these bowl activities, Kalani. You just kind of ha- you flew in Sunday and you have the game, of course, uh, Tuesday. So, is that better for you in terms of uh, the focus on the game, or d- or do you miss some of those activities? Um, I don't know. I guess you have to ask us. I feel like it's okay to with this year. You know, it doesn't it doesn't um, I don't, uh, that big of a deal for us to not be here an extra day or two and. Uh, but this is when you fly to the East Coast, this is what you normally like to do in an away game is get there two days before we weren't able to do that against Coastal Carolina. And uh, now that we're here going on this second day, you know, this this uh, one spent a night here and we'll spend another night tonight and play the game. I feel better about our preparation and, and the timing of this of this game compared to that. Let's stay with that preparation as you look at UCF. What's the first thing that jumps off the film when you're reviewing the Golden Knights? Oh, an explosive team. Tons of speed and athleticism in all three phases. And so uh, offensively, they, they can score at whatever they decide to do. The quarterback is really uh, composed and has a good presence on the, on the field. Um, defensively, they got tons of speed and athleticism on the front end and you know, on the back end. and um, So I think they're a dangerous team. They, they play a lot of man coverage. And so, uh, you know, we, we have our work cut out for us, but I think our guys are excited for it and uh, looking forward to the challenge. And, and I think, it, you know, I like the way they're coached. I think they're a well-coached team and uh, admire their head coach. He does a great job. Uh, you know, Hypo 
has been doing this for a while and they've had a lot of success this year they've lost a lot of close games and so they could easily be undefeated right now and they normally usually are yeah and there's multiple publications that have this as a better game than even some of the new year six games the matchup's pretty intriguing and you talked about uh, the matchup a lot of eye-popping numbers Kalani on both sides what the offense does for UCF and then what they allow yet some of that's probably skewed because of tempo yet do you feel like the BYU offense has an opportunity to put up some points in this game well, I think that there's an opportunity for a lot of points to be scored because they defend and they play more plays than, than your normal team. Uh, for us, especially the last two weeks, you know, the, um, the teams try to control the tempo, to control the clock, and possess the ball a little bit more. This team is all about getting out there and being explosive and getting as many plays as they can. And so it puts a lot of... Um, a lot of the uh, the issues on defense and it looks the, the numbers get skewed a little bit but they actually have to defend more plays than everyone else and so uh, I think that that kind of messes the numbers up a little bit but you could see individually and you could see as a, 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 a collective group defensively they have a lot of playmakers on that team and we're gonna have to be careful with how we approach this game but I, I like our, our our matchup against them I I know they feel good about it too and we'll see what what kind of, what kind of type of game happens in, in this uh, this game tomorrow night. BYU football head coach Kalani Satake with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, how would you define the motivation level for this group at 10-1 and one with a chance to finish legitimately in the AP Top 10 with a victory? Well, our, our guys are just, they love playing the game of football, and they appreciate it. And so, uh, you know, if you give us opportunities to play, these guys want to be on the field, and they want to play this game. They've worked for hard for it, just like everyone else has. But I really feel good about this group. They, they're unique, you know, and, and, and uh, different. And the fact that they show their appreciation uh, by playing the game um, is, is, for me, it's an honor to coach them. And so um, just, just thankful that these guys want to be out there and play the game that they love. But they also do it with a deep, le- uh, a deep uh, feeling of gratitude because of the people that have allowed it to make it happen. Has everyone opted in to play the game? Meaning, has everyone opted out, I guess? Is everyone in? Well, we won't be full strength because we have some, you know, we obviously have some uh, some issues and some things that we have to deal with. That's kind of every been every week, every game this year. And so, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be uh, without a few people here and there. But uh, for the most part, the guys are all in for trying to play. We have guys that, that want to play and, and uh, you know, Last week we, we were missing uh, Tyler Algier and Gunnar Romney and, and those guys will be playing this game. So looking forward to, to them being out there and making plays for us. Kalani, BYU has played eight games in the state of Florida previous to the one you're about to play tomorrow and the Cougars are winless in the Sunshine State. How much does a fact like that motivate you and this staff and this team? Well, we don't hide behind it. You know, we don't, we don't like try to not mention it. We have mentioned it to the team. Uh, but this team also went to the blue turf and the Smurf turf against Boise and did something that's never been done before, too. So uh, we're looking forward to trying to trying to um, beat that that uh, negative streak and trying to find a way to get a win. And uh, we feel good about, about the, our preparation, feel good about our talent. And so we'll see what happens. But if we show up at our best, and I, I really have a good feeling about it. And, and uh, that's another motivation to do something that no other BYU team has been able to do before. Following up on your last response to my last question, Kalani, are you saying there are what you've been dealing with all year in terms of COVID issues with some of the players? Yeah, COVID and injuries and things like that, and some some game to 
game time decisions that have to be made. But yeah, that's 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 exactly what I'm talking about. And that's with dealing with our whole our whole group. We've had to, that's been a, a thing that everyone's had to deal with. But um, you know, we fortunately we've been in a position where we can still keep playing football. Kalani, with the COVID factor in play, there are no bowl game activities. Do you feel like your team is almost uh, benefited that way, as in more prepared because there aren't as many distractions? Well, I think the the, the festivities is, is part of the whole bowl experience, and it's unfortunate that we're not able to do that, um, specifically do a lot of service work, because that's the thing that our, our players are motivated to do in, in, in the regions of the bowl game. So... The fact that we're not given that opportunity—that that's just uh, that's just 2020. But hopefully, we can get back to things being normal. And, and we don't look at those as distractions. We look at them as strategies to do service work or to interact with other people, specifically the other team, in a positive way. And and then you know go and compete and have a great experience on the field. And afterwards, uh, you know be be uh, cordial and be able to show sportsmanship. That's regardless of the result. And I, I've been really pleased with the way our guys have games. It's just a little different, and we'll just have to hold off on the, you know, on, on uh, getting to know the, the opponent until after the game. Brett McMurphy reported that uh, BYU and Liberty and some teams were in talks of playing a second bowl game. Was that something that was possible at some point, that you guys could play in a second bowl game? Well, I think playing this game this early, anything's possible. But right now, we're so focused on this game that those conversations haven't reached me yet. And, and uh, we're, we're going to try to get, get this game going. And then afterwards, we're always open to talk. I mean, uh, I've mentioned that this team loves to play football, and these guys love to be out on the field. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, that's, uh, that's something that Tom and his, uh, his staff is working on. And, and communicating with people, and for us, we're just focused on this game. That's all we can take, uh, take one step at a time, and that's being at our best and focused on playing against UCF. Love it, Coach. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the bowl game to get that first one in Florida over the Knights, and uh, love the competitive nature you show as well. So maybe we'll have a conversation about Army or another team on Christmas Eve. For the time being, good luck against UCF. Appreciate you guys. Go Cougs. Okay, that was Kalani Sataki on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. The big takeaway for me, Jason, the fact that BYU is not going to be at full strength due to COVID and injuries. I will report exactly on what this is. And, of course, Greg Rubel will uh, coming up tonight on BYU Radio and BYU TV. But that's concerning exactly who's out. Uh, we'll find out tonight. Yeah, there were two things that stood out to me. One was what you just brought up. It's good to know that, that Gunner and Tyler Algeo are going to be there. Those are just weapons that BYU has to have in a game like this so it's good to know that they're going to be playing but I'm with I'm like you I am curious as to who those players who may or may not be available tonight are and the other thing is it's about motivation there, there's not going to be a lack of motivation for BYU in the in the first segment you were talking about being curious about the Knights motivation I, I think there are far more questions in regards to motivation on that side than there are with BYU the players have talked about it I remember Zach Wilson and Isaiah Kafusi at the beginning of last week were talking about how important it is this game means a lot to them so I don't think there's going to be any lack of motivation on BYU's side tonight and this is an end of an era for this group uh you're going to hear from Troy Warner coming up tonight about on kind of the kickoff about hey this is our last opportunity with this this group of players so these seniors, frankly, this junior with Zach Wilson, maybe Brady Christensen as well, 
How will they perform in their final game? If BYU wins tonight, we're going to talk about this team for a long, long time in a favorable way. If they lose tonight, we're going to rem- remember it fondly, but dismiss it a little bit because it's going to have this 0-1-0-8 vibe where they lost 2-3 to end the season. So I think a win here really, really matters in the legacy conversation with this group. So it, it should be interesting. Okay, coming up. Know the Foe, UCF edition. I can't wait. Yep, and where does BYU basketball find itself in bracketology? This is BYU Sports Nation. Look at Big Ridge going up to the two-handed slam. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Hey, if you like ear candy, get ready for the Boca Raton Bowl tonight. Pre-game coverage with Cougar Pre-Game Live. 5 Eastern with the not-pictured Jason Shepard. And, of course, the game, post-game. It's all on BYU Radio coming up tonight. I can't wait, Shep. It's going to be awesome. Look, wait a, wait, a, wait a minute. Okay, so we've now added Mitch in and still kept me out? So we've taken the time. He's been in there for a minute. So, so we've taken the time to expand the photo on one end. But Were not the other photo? end? Yeah, interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't see you. That's weird. Okay, interesting. Well, he's Jerem. I'm Jason, pictured currently. Uh, and this is BYU Sports Nation. How about we whip it? <laughs> Could whip around. Presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jerem, you lead us off today. Okay, in tonight's game, who's going to be the player of the game? Look, immediately my gut reaction is just to say Zach Wilson. But I'm, I'm going to take Zach, I'm going to take the quarterbacks off the table here. I have got a great feeling about Isaac Rex tonight. I, I am all in on Isaac Ooh. Rex. So I'm saying Isaac Rex, or on the back of his jersey, Irex, is going to be the player of the game. Yeah, like iRobot with Will Smith. I talked to Byron in the stairwell of the hotel. Uh, listen, with Kyle Pitts out with Florida. If Isaac Rex catches a couple of touchdowns, your boy might be the number one receiving touchdown guy in the country for tight end. So I'm saying Tyler Algier or Isaiah Kapuski. Okay. All right. Which ranking is more fair or fairer? That's not, that's not a word. Which is more fair? LSU head coach <laughs> Ed Orgeron ranking BYU ninth in his final coach's bowl. Yes. Or Utah coach Kyle Whittingham ranking BYU 18th in his final poll. <laughs> Who also put his own team at 25th? I believe the only coach. He's the only coach that had Utah in the top 25, I believe. And people wonder why I dismissed the coach's poll. Um, I'll go with Ed Orgeron because I I think BYU is about the 10th to 12th best team in the country right now. Well, of course I'm going to go with Ed Orgeron. He has BYU ranked higher. Not going to agree with the Ute. As well as, as does most other people, by the way. I think it's closer to ten or closer to nine and ten than it is to eighteen for BYU. I had Utah one hundred thirtieth in my personal poll. I had him at one thirty. Uh, there are multiple reports. <laughs> nice, which doesn't exist. Uh, multiple reports of Boise State having explored going to the AAC in football. Only uh, the Broncos couldn't find a suitable home for the other sports. What do you think of that pairing, Boise State and the AAC? Football only. Um, I, I like that. And I, I even said on this show, maybe within the last two weeks, I've always thought a BYU-Boise State pairing would, would be favorable. Now, if it boils down to both teams wanting the same P5 bid, then it's all man for themselves. But I, I like the idea of 
maybe BYU and Boise teaming up and going somewhere. But I mean, I think Boise and the AAC, I think it, I think it fits. I also think BYU and the AAC, if BYU were to ever look at that, you know, I think that fits as well. Geographically, it doesn't fit whatsoever, but competitively, yeah. Uh, BYU is not going to go to the AC unless it doesn't get invited to a Power 5 league. So I, we'll see. And obviously, BYU has unique wants and needs. Boise State does, too. I've said this before. Boise State's the second wife after BYU was the first to the Mountain West. They should go to dinner and commiserate over, we feel like we're the best team in the league. We feel like we should have unique TV rights. All that murmuring, right? Lemon Lemuel chatting. So murmuring. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if BYU goes to the AAC ever with Boise State, but I can see where Boise State gets out at some point. They've jumped a couple of leagues already. Hey, what about this, though? The other sports for Boise State to the WCC. Not a Christian institution? Does, has that been the thing with all these schools in the WCC? We'll see, I guess. After three straight wins, BYU is back in ESPN's Bracketology as the second-to-last team in. Have they done enough, Jeremy, in their non-conference to feel comfortable? That's a good question. Um, I, yeah, BYU's been better than I thought. I thought BYU was going to be 8-3, and three, and now it's uh, you know going to be 9-2 and two with a win tomorrow night against Weber State, potentially. So looking forward to BYU continuing what it started, right? Um, and hopefully in conference play, BYU want, gets all the games in and, and is uh, continuing to play at a high level because right now BYU is in pretty good groove. Look, I put myself in the, uh, the mind frame of the coaches. I, I don't think coaches are ever comfortable with, with anything they see. Even Coach Pope last night was he, he likes where his team is, but he can see where they can get so much better and where they can go. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in a really great spot. I don't know if anybody's ever comfortable because there's just so much left in the season. Right, and hopefully there's more quad one games on there than they thought because, like, St. John's right now is going to be a quad two or three. Utah State's hopefully a quad one, but probably a quad two. So it all, it all depends on uh, how those teams uh, play out. Okay, Fred Warner's first BYU Cougar to be named to the Pro Bowl since Ziggy Ansah in 2015. But who's the next player? Um... Can I say Taysom Hill? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go his Taysomness. I'll go Kyle Vanoy. I think, uh, and next year is the year. I think he elevates his game even more than it already is. And uh, not only does he have 50 million, he'll have a problem. All right, uh, San Diego, the Toreros. By the way, San Diego Toreros men's basketball team. Uh, pause basketball, basketball activities, becoming the third WCC team to do so. Will BYU get all 16 West Coast Conference games in this year? I don't think they will. Um, you could reschedule games on Tuesdays, so maybe BYU does. But I'm guessing that there's at least a game that BYU doesn't play this year in WCC. Yeah, I think that is a tall task to try and get, especially, look, where most of these schools are coming from, it's from the state of California. Where to be? Where do? Where most of the teams in the WCC play? California. I mean, that, that's where these issues are kind of happening right now because of the regulations. I, I think it's. It would be great if BYU could, but I, I think it's. It's probably not realistic with all of the pauses we've seen already. Yeah. Okay. Coming up, prop picks. I crushed it last night. So you're the me in basketball. That I was in football, right? Is that how we're, what we're saying here? Just, just last game. Yes. <laughs> All right. Plus, know the foe UCF edition. This is BYU Sports Nation.
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Oh, what a game from Brandon Averett last night. 30 points a career high against Texas Southern BYU. Back at it tomorrow night at Vivint Arena in Salt Lake City. Cougar pregame live at 8, countdown to tip-off at 8.30. BYU TV and BYU Radio. And, and listen, we, we buried the lead here. Spencer Linton's on baby watch. So, uh, you know, we're just we're just waiting. That's like the big news. Obviously, BYU football and basketball going, but the big news is baby number four coming for the Lintons. Like, is it a boy? Is it a girl? They don't know. We don't know. We're all, we're all anxious here. Yeah, I heard from Spencer about 15 minutes ago. Still no baby as of yet. So, uh, we, we, we will I find out. I feel like out. he should be at the hospital doing Panda Watch like Brian Fantana nice. in Anchorman, but it's with the Lentons on Baby Watch. There, there you go. Well, uh, if, if, we, if we get any news in the next 17 and a half minutes, we'll pass it along in terms of uh, new baby Linton. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live from Studio B, and I love this segment. I love when we get to play Know the Foe. It's time for Know the Foe, the UCF edition, presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. And to lead things off, this is what Caleb is making his BYU Sports Nation debut. Is that correct? Yeah, Caleb Lemming. What's up? Caleb Lemming. He produced the top 100. This, he's awesome. He's one of our fine students. He's amazing. Know the foe? Yes. UCF edition. This is one of our finest segments. And because I'm a big baseball fan, we're going to go baseball edition. Jerem, you are the away team. You will bat first. So... These two teams are playing football, so we'll start with the football question. How many NFL playoff games have UCF quarterbacks won? Zero, two, four, or six? I'll go, go zero. You are four off. Dante Culpepper won two games in the early Culpepper. 2000s. That's and right. The quarterback yeah. who many consider to be the GOAT, Blake Bortles, won two playoff games for the Jaguars in 2017. I was going to say, Bortles is, yeah. Oh, the Jaguars won two. That's right. That's right. He's okay. not currently in the good place. That close to a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, Jason, you're up. All right, what do you got for me, Caleb? Which of the following was not a finalist in the contest to name the new Orlando NBA franchise in 1987? Okay. The Orlando Heat, mm-hmm. the Orlando Juice, the Orlando Tropics, or the Orlando Knights? I am going to say that the Knights were not. Correct. Yeah. See, Juice was? See, that's why it was so crazy that it <laughs> like had to be juice? true. Yes. The OJ. Tropicana orange juice? <laughs> As was the, the OJ, Heat and the Tropics. I wonder what Miami would have been called, but... Question for another day. All right, Jason, early lead. Jaron, back to you. Which of the following is not a name commonly used by the UCF mascot? Sir wins a lot, Puff, Nitro, or Golden? Oh, boy. Can I go Puff? Shockingly enough, Puff was a name used by the mascot. The correct answer is Golden. So, Sir Wins a Lot was the name in Golden. 1980. 
followed by a dragon-themed <laughs> mascot by Puff, and Nitro spelled K-N-I-G-H-T-R-O. Surprisingly enough, Sir Winslot was my nickname in high school. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. Kearns? Really? All right, Sir Winslot, you're up next. Thank you. I am up one nothing. <laughs> the following rides or attractions were part of the original lineup for Universal Orlando when it opened in 1990, but only one is still open. Which is it? Back to the Future, E.T., Ghostbusters, or the Bates Motel? So we're saying the one that is still there. Currently open, yes. These I, four gonna, were, were gonna, around. I'm going to go with the ride that is from my favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future. Alas, you would have to go back to go on that ride. <laughs> it is E.T. is still around at Universal Orlando. By the way, E.T., the movie scared me when I was little. I was scared to death to go see that oh, movie. Oh, it's I don't so good. Why. It's so good. Try the ride. Okay. Okay, Jerem. Number five, when Walt Disney decided to build a theme park east of the Mississippi, what was one of the major reasons Orlando and Central Florida was chosen? The beaches, the weather, the price of land, or it was not New York? <laughs> the price of land? Correct. The Dis price... Disney was, was Walt Disney was down. Walt Disney was quoted as saying, <laughs> "I like the dirt cheap swampland," and thus <laughs> we have it. That is the easiest question. Every real estate deal in the history of mankind has come down to getting the the price of the land. Are you I, kidding me? I will say that, Ben that Bagley the picked State that and one. Troy of know the foe. I had nothing to do with that particular question. That's for Ben. <laughs> All right, so we're tied at one apiece. Right? Yes. Throw ben under the and this is, this is the last question, Jason. Okay, so, so I can win. I, win Sir wins tie. a lot right here. Sir wins happens. a lot. Time to prove your name in high school. Okay. <laughs> Sir ties a lot. <laughs> Orlando is home to the world's largest McDonald's, mm -hmm. also known as Epic McD. Mm -hmm. Which also of the following? Also in high school. Which of the following is not on the menu <laughs> at this mega Mickey D's? Over uh, oven baked pizza, gourmet hot dogs, the fillet of fish, and chef made pasta. Okay, so we're saying is not not on the on menu. The menu. Okay, give you me, I'm sorry. Give it. me give me those one more time. Oven baked pizza. Okay. Gourmet hot dogs. Okay. The fillet of fish mm -hmm. and chef made pasta. All right. Um, my dad loves the fillet of fish, but I'm going with the fillet of fish. So close, but so far. You cannot buy gourmet hot dogs, but you can buy everything else. See, I so, thought because it was like Sir an ties a lot. Sir ties yeah. a lot strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. At least we didn't lose there, Jerem, you know? We at least got one. Normally, yeah, it's, it's like, like a over. soccer game. Just a yeah, at least, at least we each got one. That was good. Yes. Okay, coming up, prop picks. Hopefully we're better than that segment. Yeah, certainly. And our rise and shout-outs, it's all coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. Had a lot of Epic McDee. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, subscribe, review, rate, 
Give us that five-star review, baby. All right, now it's time for our prop pick results and then our Boca Raton bowl picks. It's presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. All right, Jerem went into last night with a 2-1 advantage. How did he and Spencer do? Uh, Jerem, you start things off with this one. Okay, who will get the first bucket for BYU? I'm at dinner. I'm watching on my phone, and I see my guy, Colby Lee, score the first bucket. So I get a point there. Spencer said Alex Barcelo. So one for me. All right. Uh, the next question was, how many Cougars will score in double figures? Spencer said three would score in double figures. Jeremy, you had four. And again, you were correct. Averett, Harms, Barcelo, and Harward all going for double, double digits. That is another point for you, Jeremy. Let's go, baby. Two for two. Okay, and last but not least, nailed it again. Will Alex Barcelo have more three-point attempts, rebounds, or assists? I said assists. He had ten. Three for three. The greatest prop pick day for me. Hopefully I can keep it going. So but up- I've probably already won. I've actually won it already. I'm, I'm up 5-1 with three to go, so... Uh, I may just mail these in. Who knows? We're gonna go aggregate. We're gonna we're gonna go that way and see if Spencer can can jump well, back in. Unless we include, we're not including any Weber State stuff. We're just doing bowl games. So yeah, I've already won. Well, the, let's, ah! for the sake of the show, let's at least get to our Boca Raton bowl picks. All right. And remember, I am picking for Spencer. Okay. So I'm mailing yes. it. No, I'm not. I'm actually these are the these are what I would pick if they were <laughs> if they were my picks as well. Uh, these are legitimate picks. Okay, will BYU have Sir more? Tie a lot. Yeah, <laughs> tie a lot. Will BYU have more sacks and interceptions combined, or made field goals? So I, picking for Spencer, I'm going to say field goals. I'm going to say our Lou Groza finalist is going to is going to come up big. Boring. I go sacks slash interceptions. A lot of pass attempts tonight. That means Dylan Gabriel is going to be asking to be, uh, you know, put on the ground by the BYU front seven. So, sacks, interceptions. Okay, number two, who will lead BYU in tackles today? Uh, I'm going to go with Peyton Wilgar. Uh, I, I almost went with Isaiah Kafusi, but I'm going to go with another linebacker and say Peyton Wilgar has a big day. Yeah, that's a great answer, but it's not good enough. Uh, Isaiah Kafusi is the answer to this. He's going to go out on top, last game as Cougar. All right, last one. Who will lead BYU in most points scored? I am going to say Isaac Rex. Okay. Okay, that'd be big time. Uh, I go Tyler Algier. I think he's going to have a big game. I think he has multiple touchdowns today. How about both of those guys have big games and BYU wins big? Continuing the big theme there. Uh, I like that. Uh, featuring Tom Hanks. Absolutely. Great movie, by the way. Our question of the day Does this BYU team have to win tonight to solidify itself as an all time great BYU team? Uh, Voice of the Nation on Twitter uh, from Nick Lee51 says yes. All-time great teams don't lose two out of their last three. They beat good teams in tough circumstances. This is a chance to not be 2001 or 2008, but more like 1996. Very interesting. Uh, Josh, yeah, I think that's, go that's ahead. really important. Yeah, like we talked about, got to end on a win here. I think a loss really damages how we feel about this team. So this one from Josh Summerhays on Twitter. Yes, BYU's best win this year is still Houston, and that's not much to hang your hat on in terms of legacy. I would disagree that it's Houston. No, it's not. It's Boise State. It's Boise State, yes, even without Hank Bachmeyer. I know know people can't wrap their heads around that. but uh, he didn't play in that game? (laughs) Exactly. Josh says they have to take down a potent UCF offense uh, to have a place in the pantheon of great Cougar teams. 
All right, let's get to our voice of the nation, or excuse me, our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort on Twitter, at DScott50. Uh, did we just read this one? No, Nick Lee is what we just read. All right, DScott50. Yes, I think we think teams differently based on how the bowl game goes. It was a huge impact on the lasting impression we have on a team. And you're right. That's why these, that's why these players talked about this is a game that they're going in fully motivated. They, they do not want two losses. They want to end this season knowing for a lot of them it's going to be their final game in a BYU uniform. They want this to be ending on a very positive note. The only great BYU team I can think of that didn't win a bowl game is 79 because BYU was ranked, uh, you know, top 15. They were 11-0. and They missed, Brent Johnson misses a field goal that would have beaten Lee Courses, Indiana. That's the only team where, where I can think of off the top of my head where there was a great team despite of the loss. So, yeah, winning, that's a great point. Winning really goes a long way in determining how you feel about a team. Okay, today's Rise of Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit and Guiding You Forward. To BYU football, what a season this has been. That BYU played at all, that they started early, that they only had one game canceled, that they added a game, that they're here in South Florida playing UCF. This has been notable. In a pandemic, to be able to do this has been pretty awesome. Zach Wilson, what a season from him. Hopefully breaks the completion percentage record. Hopefully he's a first-round pick. This has been a really fun year and notable that BYU is the highest-ranked team in the West to this point. This has been a banner year for BYU football, and it's been so fun to watch. Yes, we wanted New Year's Six, but it's been pretty awesome. Yeah, it's been an unbelievably fun season to watch and uh, really looking forward to the game tonight. My rising shout-out is going to go to Brandon Averett. Career-high 30 points last night. He was on fire after the game. Coach Pope says he kind of sees the same trajectory that he saw out of Alex Barcelo last year. A little bit of a slow start and started to find his groove. And, uh, this Brandon Averett! Brandon Averett was, was on point last night, to say the very least. Our thanks to today's guest, Kalani Satake. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I'm Jason. Shout out to Riker Matthews. See you tonight for Countdown to Kickoff, 6 p.m. Eastern. Go Cougs!